Hello, you are listening to Skip Intro. I'm Lee Chui Lin in the studio with me, Ian McNally, Julian Yap, Bahi Yusuf. Um, and today we're just doing a little segment that we're going to name later. Um, <laughs> but the, the concept of it is that we are going to be talking about our favorite things that we think are severely, completely dearly underrated um, and just kind of defend it and talk about why it is that we are those annoying people that walk up to you and say, have you seen? Have you seen? Why haven't you seen? Um, so we'll start things off, I guess, with you, Ian. Oh, great. Um, so for mine, um, I thought not very much at all about this and went straight to Bukuru Banzai and his adventures oh. across the eighth dimension, I think is the full version. He's a rocker. Doctor. Don't talk on that. You never know what it might be attached to. Inventor. Philosopher. No matter where you go, there you are. And the only hero. Buckaroo. 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 Curse are you, bonsai! Who can save us all? Evil. Unstoppable from the eighth dimension. Burn him! If we blow this today, get him up. There ain't no tomorrow. The president's calling about is everything okay with the alien space club and planet 10 or should we just go ahead and destroy Russia? Tell him yes on one and no on two. So this is a film from 1984 that was one of these, in the days before digital content, was one of these mythical movies you would hear of. Um, it stars Peter Weller, John Lithgow, Ellen Barkin, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Clancy Brown, Vincent Schiavelli. The cast is just like an insane cast that you would not get in a movie after this. Mm. And it disappeared without trace when it came out. It's also still very hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I've heard of this mythical movie called yeah. Buckaroo Banzai. And I just keep trying to get it legally, illegally. I just can't get it. And the hook that got me was seeing on late night TV at some point, Peter Weller get into a rocket car already sounds good and then drive it through a mountain using his oscillating overthruster which takes him through the eighth dimension where there's all sorts of weird stuff going on so you're like this is a gonzo weird mm. when people before Marvel took over the cinemas yeah. when people said comic book movie they meant giant jeeps leaps in logic crazy plotting weird stuff happening crazy performances this is that and mm. uh, Bukuru Banzai is a polymath who's a neurosurgeon rock star <laughs> physicist and also, so he goes on a tour with his band, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, and they get uh, swept up in this plot by the evil red lectoids from Planet 10, I think it is. One of whom is stuck in the head of Dr. Emilio Lizardo, who's played by John Lithgow, who is just being Italian and weird and refers to everyone as a monkey boy. Oh, it's bizarre. It's funny. Jeff Goldblum is dressed like a cowboy with huge sheepskin kind I was, of... I was just about to say, when you listed off the cast, hearing Jeff Goldblum was kind of enough. Yeah. Just I mean, thought, he, he okay, joins another them and they're Jeff like, Goldblum. Is there a uniform? And it's like, uh, wear what you want to. And he turns up in like a cowboy hat, a red shirt, a neckerchief, and like, what do you call them? Not Jodfers, the Chaps. Chaps. Yeah. Sheepskin chaps. And they're like, cool, that's your part of the team now. Let's go. And... All the aliens, because they all arrived during the War of the Worlds recording with, uh, what's his name, H.G. Wells, they all have, like, ID cards, but they all took the name John. <laughs> so there's, like, thousands of Johns, and they're, like, one is called Jog, John, Big, John Big Booty, but it, he has to correct everyone. It's John Big Booty, and it's just I'm, weird in-jokes. I'm, like, really – there are bits of things you say I'm going, like, oh, okay, yeah. and then you go, oh. That's, I, I it's something have, like calling everyone monkey boy where I'm just, like – 
reeling a little bit. Yeah. 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 But Rocket Car sounds great. Rocket Car is great. They have a bus they go around on. They solve crimes together. At the end, they, at the end of the movie, even characters who've died, they're all walking in the flood system of L.A., you know, the kind of drainage yeah. system they use in Terminator and stuff like that. And Peter Weller's just walking along while this ditty little tune plays. Uh-huh. And all the characters in the movie just, like, step up beside him and walk alongside him. I think they did it. It's the end of The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Okay. Where everyone joins in yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, on another podcast, it was the theme tune to the podcast for a couple of years. Because it's just, it's weird, but it's well-meaning. And it has, like, weird little bits of philosophy. And they play music. And Ellen Barkin's great. And it's Peter Weller. What more do you want? Don't know if I want this movie anymore. <laughs> I, I can't decide, right? Like, yeah. it's a lot. It, yeah, it's think, a lot. Yeah. And I think that's why it failed. Because at times, it's like before the – it's 984. It's, it's extra. It's a lot and it's a little bit too much. But I think it's also really great that you brought it up for this episode because this is definitely a fave. Yeah. This is sort of, you know, you're going to break it out when you're sick or, and you haven't seen it in about five years and you feel down in the dumps. And this is going to make you feel better cause, just because it's a nostalgia. I have trip. a Banzai Institute t-shirt I wear like, I'm doing IT work cool. these days. I don't know if this is the kind of movie I'd want to watch if I'm not feeling well or if I'm feeling down in the dumps. Just because all of that imagery is going like, to bombard your of brain. That, I'm just like, wait, is this just the fever dream I'm having or <laughs> Correct. Is this real yeah. life? That's exactly what I think. Yeah. I think if I were having a fever, I'd watch it late at night. Brave woman, it's Danger Bay. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. That's just risky. Just to get that going. All right, Um, Julian, what is your underrated thing that you want to defend? Go. I don't know how underrated this is, but I want to talk about blockers. I'm ready. You look beautiful. I used to hold that girl in the palm of my hand. Kayla's becoming a woman. You're gonna have to deal with that. Tonight is the first night of our adult lives. Prom night. It's kind of perfect. I'm in. Julie left her laptop open. You guys are snipping on our kids? All emojis have a secret meaning. Our girls are not thinking things through. I'm going to stop them. I'm in. I'm fully planning on having sex tonight. Wherever the night takes us. The night's going to take us there. Wherever the wind sails our ships. Your ship is going into my harbor. <laughs> That stars John Cena, Leslie Mann, Ike Barinholtz. And it, just on paper, it's a terrible film. <laughs> just the synopsis of it is just, um, you know, not something that I usually go for. So basically, it's um, three parents and a group of three kids. Um, it's prom night, obviously, so it's about to, they're about to have some fun. But right before prom, the girls, they make a sex pact. <laughs> And basically, you know, losing their virginity, some of them with their boyfriends, some of them pretending to go along with the flow. But, you know, they just want to do it just for that friendship because they're worried that going off to college is going to uh, jeopardize that friendship. But then also someone who doesn't really think having sex for the first time is a very big deal. Someone who does think um, having sex for the first time is a very big deal. So and then at the same time, you have the three parents and um, John Cena as the protective dad. um, But he's also raised a daughter who is uh, very much a tomboy and you have Leslie Mann who's like she um, had her daughter at a very young age so she's very protective and they're they're the best girlfriends and they tell each other everything and little does she know you know that relationship isn't exactly what she thinks it is and Ike Barinholtz who is kind of trying to crawl his way back into the picture but so basically you know hilarity ensues it's like American Pie parents edition they're trying to stop their kids doing something stupid and as a result they do so much many more stupid things but the thing is 
I remember watching the trailer when this dropped and it was, oh, it looked terrible. And I just thought, well, I'm never going to watch that. But when I did actually sit down to watch it, it's so funny and it, you know, looks at young female sexuality and and exploring that sexuality in ways that they can. It's very sex positive, especially from a young teenage girl's point of view. The young boys in it aren't, you know, there are no cliches. There are no terrible um, teenage boys. There are, I mean, the movie, of course, it has cliches. The parents are a cliche in itself, just, but they all subvert your expectations at some point. Yeah. Listening to you describe it, I just got a lot of like, old school vibes yeah. of old school that movie oh the movie old school yeah <laughs> and it just yes that movie was terrible mm. and it just feels like old school is great you're my boy blue no it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> dude no but it feels like yeah. it's one of those things where it's a really tight line that you mm-hmm. could be really sweet and really yeah. good mm. or just be lazy and lame like mm. old school there's <laughs> There's a great, you know, mix and there's a really good balance of the kind of slapstick humor that John Cena plays that so well. Leslie Mann is perfect. So I was going to ask you about John Cena because John Cena has kind of gotten into this weird sub-career of like doing that, exactly that. Like, you know, quiet, quiet tough guy or just random tough guy or but tough guy with a soft as well. yeah. and this, yeah. is really, and this is not really the tough guy right no, though he's, he's like he's huge but he's like oh no what are we gonna do yeah and it, it's also very great because he does he's uh, you know in touch with his feelings very comfortable in his um, masculinity and sexuality and um, but is still very protective of his daughter and you know he does the whole uh, jorts and he has the tucked in <laughs> plaid shirt but then he's still such a dad because at some point they tell him hey man untuck your shirt you look like a dad so he untucks his shirt and he's like but i'm a kid just like you look at my shirt so it's it's funny and, and the, um and then to counterpoint that there's just points where he just walks through doors right yeah <laughs> he just walks straight through they those use, doors when he's looking for they somebody use the sheer size and strength of john cena like to the best ability and um it's directed by Kay cannon who i think wrote or was part of the writing team of pitch perfect one two and three so of course the comedy is great and every time I've met someone over the last year and they ask me for you know oh what are you watching I always say blockers because I think I, I've watched this three or four times in the last mm. year alone so far we've been um, stuck in the beast so Bakaru Banzai blockers <laughs> um, and this is our little thing that we're doing where we're talking about the things that we think are severely underrated and um, also therefore would never make it onto the show ordinarily <laughs> so we're just kind of talking about that um, have you seen either of those films do you have a fave of your own that you think not enough people give this due credit Tell us. WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at SkipIntroMY. Write us at movies at bfm.my. Best flipping moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, you are listening to Skip Intro with Lynn, Ian, Julian and Bahe. We are defending our faves today. We are standing up for our stands. We are defending the underrated stuff that we love. Um, and so far, we have Bakru Banzai, we have Blockers. I'm going to take us to C because we've been in the B <laughs> alphabet for a bit. Um, I want to talk about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which seriously, not enough people watch. It is so underrated. It is like just a collection of so much talent and love <laughs> and I can't deal with it. I'm just a girl in love. La, 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 I can't be Responsible for my actions. I have no underlying issues to address. I'm certifiably cute and adorably obsessed. They say love makes you crazy, therefore you can't call her crazy. Cause when you call her crazy, you're just calling her in love. Blam! 
it's a show that was run by uh, Rachel Bloom and Alan Brush McKenna, and basically they work together. So it's a very like female-centric, female-led kind of story. But the title in and of itself tells you a lot. So it's about a woman who drops everything in her high-flying job and moves um, across the country to kind of look up her ex-boyfriend. Um, and by look up, she means stalk, uh, does everything she can to undermine his existing relationship. She does all manner of terrible things. And really, that's where she is the crazy ex-girlfriend. And she's this really complicated, likable, unlikable person. And oh, did I mention that it's musical theatre? So <laughs> there's, there, it, there are songs in the midst of all of it. And it's just that the writing and all and everything... The singing, the performing, the writing, the staging, it's all incredibly sharp. Um, you know, at, at some points, uh, they acknowledge the fact that all their budget went into making that one song. So, you know, sorry, this actor is now played by a broom. Um, you know, <laughs> at other points, they have a lawyer like from the, the network actually enter the picture to go, you know what? And it's a song about how nobody should be lawyers. Everybody hates lawyers. And he enters to say, um, the CW doesn't support this. Oh, what's the point? And leaves. You know, so, so it's that kind of show. And very it's, tongue in cheek. Very like wink, wink, not not at the audience. So. It is. And yeah. it's very incisive and clever. And it's also a lot to do with and here we go mental health and trauma and like toxicity because um, that title Crazy Ex-Girlfriend mm. is really about her dealing with the fact that oh my god am I that and there are twists and mm. turns in this whole thing um, where she's actually realising stuff about herself and there is a gut punch moment um, in one of the season finales where it changes the entire makeup of the show everything everything you thought you knew about mm. it not what you thought you knew it is so good and not enough people watch it. From what you said about the broom stuff and the, the lawyer stuff, does that happen in later seasons? Because I did watch most, if not all, of the first season and we kind of dropped off halfway through. I think I've heard so many good things about – is it season four now, five? Season four. It's done. It's done it's at done. four. So I heard so many good things about what you were talking about, the mental health issue, way of looking at things and everything else. But we were just getting – maybe we just hit about – patch of episodes in Maybe the first they just season. Is, is, there, is there a dipping point in the first, they, episode, they, first they, season they, you have to get over? Yeah. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is like Mad Men. It is a novel Ooh. of a show in that what you get in season one and where you end uh, at the end of it all is not necessarily where you thought you were going to end up in. Mm. And even the bad stuff, like even the stuff where I'm like, where are we? Why, mm. Why is she... Um, Later on, it pays off, but the mm. payoff is later. So the mm -hmm. patience of sitting through the musical stuff, if you're not a musical person, uh, the patience of having to deal with um, sometimes not one, not two, but like five characters all behaving in unlikable ways mm. um, because all the B characters get like fully fleshed out stories as well. If you sit through it, I find this one of the most rewarding shows I've watched. Yeah. When you said musical, musical theatre, I immediately thought about this really short-lived show called Gallivant. <laughs> not seen it oh you got it I think it only, it's literally musical theatre it's, mu it's literally musical theatre set in old, ye old English it's like med medieval times the musical yes it's terribly funny Ooh. Yeah, it's just cheesy. It's, you know, it's the king sings a song about trying to kill people. You know, it's, it's that kind of show. It was a weird one off, right? It's a weird, I think it got cancelled after yeah. season one. So. For what it's worth, I mean, this this the songs in this one are all really, really kind of subversive and weird. I mean, there's one called Heavy Boobs, um, which is about the trials and tribulations of having heavy boobs. And she basically uh, talks about how, um, and she, she includes the fact that, you know, I know that this is just goading people to watch this, this show because yeah. it's about my boobs now. And so I would say, I mean, 
it's a bit of a hard sell because it's it's a complex, weird one. I know musicals aren't for everybody, but it's so smart and it's just so good. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's all on Netflix. Definitely going to check that out. And uh, we completely did not plan this, but my choice is a movie called Draft Day. Hmm. <laughs> hey, BCD, what'd you know? Let's get busy. Draft Day. History in the making. 224 young men are about to become players in the National Football League. I love having the number one pick. I hope that you would. The Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. It's go time, boss. You're going rogue. Who are you going to take? What's happening? Who are you picking? This. The football world is in shock, wondering what exactly the Cleveland Browns' Sonny Weaver Jr. is cooking up here. You're not going to believe what's happening. You make this deal right now, say it with me. An absolute stutter. Okay, screw it. No more offers. Oh, 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 oh. So it's a it's a film by, by Ivan Reitman, 2014, starring Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner, Dennis Leary, etc., etc., etc. It's a really weird, weird, it's not the word. It's a really interesting sports film in that no actual sports get played, um, <laughs> which is not a great sell. But I was watching it, actually I was watching it last night with my wife, and she had heard of the movie, never seen it. Um, but she got really into it. She got really tense at the tense bits and, and really worked up about the worked up bits. It's essentially, it tells the story of one day, um, which in the NFL is called draft day. It's when uh, college ball players sort of get drafted into the NFL and all the tension of which club wants, or which team wants which player and the sort of politicking, mechanicking of the gamifying of that drafting, right? The trading of picks and all that stuff. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of you know, excitement, but no sport get actually played. And my wife was very surprised at that. And she was like, wait, the movie's ended. Are we not actually going to watch anybody play football? I'm like, no, that's not the point of this movie. And... It was, I think it came out in the cinema here, but it ran for all of maybe a week. Maybe, I think, I'm not sure. When I when we were talking about this, I asked you if um, it was similar to High Flying Bird, just because mm. that was, so that's about basketball directed by Steven Soderbergh, but basically about the business mm. of basketball. This isn't about the business, so it's not okay. this long, drawn-out thing. It's told over one day, so it's that run-up to the draft. The draft starts in New York later in the day, so you follow him as, as the day starts, right? And how before this draft begins, he and the other general managers are trading players, trading picks trading barbs at each other. He's got problems with his coach. He's got problems with his mother. His ex-wife's in the picture. Jennifer Garner is an accountant, a lawyer slash accountant with the team, but also his secret girlfriend. And But it doesn't... You know what it is for me? This movie doesn't have that emotional dip. Okay. You know, in movies, you've got that moment where he's down in the dumps and, you know, he needs to, you know, he walks in the rain and he then has to bring himself up to win the game. Doesn't do that. Mm. Nice. It moves at a steady clip. There's a, there's just, it's, and it's Kevin Costner doing Kevin Costner. Can I also say I really hate American football films? Mm. Would I like this movie? I think you Just will. Just because there's none there's in none. it. There's none. So it's none of that sort of super machismo, we're going to war, I'm going to beat you. You know, it yeah, gets it so says, old. You don't like The Last Boy it, Scout? No. Blindside boring. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, it sounds kind of sorkin it, it feels very. It feels very Moneyball. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. But a lot more exciting. Mm. It's because there's a there's a tempo, there's a timing to it. So there's a literal clock counting down a lot of times, right? 
I have seen a little bit of this Ooh. film um, because uh, I live in a house where Astro is flickered on and off, yeah. <laughs> willy-nilly, sure. remote changes happen without warning. And so because of that, I have seen a little mm. bit of Draft Day. And I was like, ooh, lots of walking down hallways, yeah, lots yeah. of sort of like looking <laughs> yeah. at stuff. And yeah, yeah. I could have gotten into it, but like I said, Somebody not in my control. The channel. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I, I would... I, I would be keen on it. I no, like sports movies. Absolutely. And, yeah. Watch this because it isn't about the underdog player who's, you know, against all odds beats the, you know, David versus Goliath thing. It's none of that. It's just about this general manager of a borderline down and out team trying to build back the future of his team and trying to sort of fight it his way. And he's good at his job, it sounds like. He is good at his job, but everybody doubts it because there was there's this legacy of his father, the head coach, and he had to fire him. And oh no, oh, there is reasons. that emotional tie in. Yeah, then. but it's not. But no over- rain. <laughs> uh, was there rain? <laughs> <laughs> no, there is no rain. It never rains in Cleveland, apparently. But it's just this idea that it's not. There's no like dip in emotion. Mm-hmm. It's just moving at a pace because there's a clock for it, right? There's a countdown to this moment that needs to happen and he just has to he constantly just goes not today Get i need to do done. this thing first yeah cool okay so working backwards um we have draft day we have crazy ex-girlfriend we have blockers and we have bakuru banzai have you seen any of the four did you enjoy any of them or do you think they're underrated for a reason <laughs> um you can tell us uh, we can take it you can also tell us your underrated faves whatsapp us 018-789-8899 tweet us at skip intro my write us at movies at bfm.my